Hello friends, welcome to Portal, the human design apps under the influence where we explore the planetary transits of the week through the lens of human design, specifically through the micro archetypes of each astrological sign as they correlate to the hexagrams of the I Ching. Now, if that sounded like a mouthful, it was, and it was a delicious mouthful at that. What we're actually looking at here are archetypes. Archetypal energies that you may experience through your week. And before we dive into them, I want to just set the stage here because sometimes I notice, at least in myself, and dare I not project this onto you, but I imagine if I'm experiencing it, some others may be too. But I imagine sometimes as I'm listening to planetary transits, a slight voice of change this or be hyper vigilant about that or, you know, this kind of resistance to the flow of energy that we're reading into as the planets move through different energies and therefore color our experience just slightly different. What I'd like to introduce here in Under the Influence is that there are many influences happening all the time. There are so many variables that influence us that we probably actually cannot calculate them in the human mind. Sure, maybe a computer could, can, will one day be able to, and maybe can now even. But what I really want to make clear at the beginning of this reflection is that we are under the influence of these things and should we choose to maximize what we learn, maximize or improve our experience or have the best, not even improve, just have the best experience, then I believe, I, Alyssa, Trube, hi, I believe that it maybe is the best thing to choose to dance with them actively instead of resisting them for everything is as it will be and everything is perfect. Sure, sometimes it doesn't feel that way when your head is held under the waters of the gate 36, the gate of crisis, and you're going, holy shit, I don't know what way is up and I'm feeling deep emotions and they're deeply uncomfortable. Sure, sure, in those moments, it might not feel like all is well. But if we could zoom out and see life through the cosmic lens, we would see that all is well. All is perfect. All is as it should be and will be, and it always has been this way. And maybe if we could just trust the influence in which we are under, we could enjoy it rather than overly identify with it and then try to change or resist it. Now, this is just my personal opinion. You, of course, take it, interpret it, consume it in whatever way feels the best for you. But fear not. For as you listen to the transits, know that we are in a dance, a cosmic dance, a beautiful dance, a perfect dance. And sometimes as the music escalates and the climax hits, we're dizzied and other times we're slowly building into something that we cannot yet see. So, as we move through the planetary transits for the week of September 12th, we are going to really look at the beats, the rhythms that we're dancing to. 
the beats and the rhythms that we are under the influence of that we often don't even hear, that move our feet and move our bodies and coax us in to gyrating our hips and puffing out our chests. And maybe if we could watch it, if we could watch it as if it is a movie, as if it is, it is divine theater, maybe we could enjoy it. Maybe we could enjoy it. Now, if you're unsure about how the transits affect you, one of the easiest things you can do is grab your body graph and look at the gates that will be defined as the planets move through them and notice, hmm, do I have any of the electromagnetics? For example, currently the moon is sitting in the gate 17 the gate of opinions following. And so is Jupiter. And we'll get into what this means. But if you, for example, have the gate 62, the gate of details, in the throat center as a hanging gate, then right now you, like myself, are under the influence of the channel of acceptance, a logical channel in which the Ajna gate 17, the gate of opinions, is electromagnetically drawn to the gate 62 by way of the transit with Jupiter and the moon moving through the gate 17. And so if previously you did not have definition in your head and or Ajna, you would now, as this transit moves through and conditions us, you will now be under the influence of the entire channel and therefore under the influence of a defined Ajna and throat by way of the channel of acceptance, the 1762, by way of the fact that you, in your body graph, already had the gate 62, the gate of details, and now Jupiter and the moon are sitting in the gate 17, lighting it up, okay? So what you can start to do here as you listen to these weekly snippets is take out your body graph, find the gates that the planets are moving through, and see, okay, did I get a new electromagnetic created? Did I get a new channel created here? And if the answer is yes, then you can say to yourself, okay, I am under the influence of this energy. Now, Ra Uruhu, the human who transmitted and created the system of human design, which is a synthesis of many other previously created systems, he describes a beautiful metaphor that helps to simplify what we're talking about when we talk about planetary transits and being under the influence of said transits. He describes the planetary transits in such a way that it reminds us that we're here to learn from them rather than resist them. Ra says that the definition in our body graph, so where we have centers defined, where we have consistent fixed access to the energy of said centers, where we have energy to call upon, to broadcast into the world. Those defined centers, those are the student, maybe even more specifically the temperament of the student. And the open, white or undefined centers are where the student gets the privilege of going to school, where the student gets to experience amplified energy variably, depending on the designs of who it is around 
and the planetary transits. And when we're talking about human design, that's the case all the time. Your definition is you're the student going to school in the open centers, experiencing conditioning, experiencing other people's energy, learning to not identify with it, but instead be informed, educated by it. And then when we're talking about the transits, we add another layer. We add the layer of the planets being the teachers. The planets being the teachers. And so as planets move into gates that give you definition where you don't normally have it, what you might notice is that you are exposed to or under the influence of energies that don't quite feel like your student but that afford your student the opportunity to learn momentarily, monthly, quarterly, or for handfuls of months at a time. So should you choose to perceive it this way, let's get into looking at what the teachers, the planets, and the archetypes that they bring our attention to, what they are teaching us. Now, I'm going to move through most of the planets relatively quickly because aside from the sun, earth, moon, and the moon, not a lot has changed since last week. And then I'm going to sit in the channel of transitoriness, <laughs> which we collectively will have defined for over a week. And we will be under the influence of that channel, and therefore we will unpack it at some depth. So first, let's just orient ourselves here. The sun, the spotlight, a significant emitter of neutrinos, of information, of influence. The sun has the spotlight on oppression, specifically the Ajna, the data processing center, where we conceptualize and theorize, the Ajna-based gate 47. This is a Virgoan gate. And what's interesting about this gate, this gate 47, is that if I could give it a mantra, it would be master your mind or your mind will be your master. Now, this gate is the gate of oppression. It oppresses huge ideas that are potentially confusing into a little bit more tangible realizations. However, as we know with any type of oppression, that isn't always beneficial or helpful. Sometimes this gate can land on an answer that is oppressive and it can just land there and, and find a relief in landing somewhere. And even if it's actually actively oppressive to the person who's experiencing this energy, they'll stay there because they found an answer. But what this gate asks us to do is be patient. It reminds us that we can repattern from abstract ideas, that we can repattern oppressed ideas, that we don't have to land on and identify with the first idea that comes to mind. But that if we use our imagination over time, if we remember that we can be the master of our minds and that we can choose what abstract ideas to play in or play with, then we are able to sit in the power of transformation. 
of transmutation, of transfiguration. How many ways can you see it? So the sun is shining a spotlight here. Meanwhile, this is happening on the stage of openness, of grace, a Piscean gate, a Piscean archetype that the earth is currently sitting in the gate 22, a solar plexus gate that is social, a solar plexus gate that is listening always for mutation, a solar plexus gate that is individual, a solar plexus gate that is always when heartfelt, somewhere on the spectrum of laughter or crying, a bubbling up, a chills on your skin, romantic, moody, finding its muse. So the earth sits here in the gate 22, and many of us may feel stimulated we may feel stimulated in a way that turns us inward while keeping our ear on the environment, listening for things, listening for ideas that then we can take and try to sort through the confusion through the conduit of transmutation, through the conduit of asking questions and seeing things from different angles. Now, meanwhile, the moon, which of course, as we know, moves quite quickly, will dance its way from Aries to Gemini throughout the week. The nodes are staying in the same receptive, creative trajectory. And Uranus still sits cozied up right there to the North Node in the archetypal energy of the receptive, an energy that's ruled by Taurus and that asks us to be receptive to the energies of our environment that they might feed us, that they might feed our primordial creativity. Now, Mercury, which just went retrograde. And again, as a reminder, we have, <laughs> we have a significant amount of planets retrograde right now. And that's okay. Again, don't be afraid of it. Can you allow your mind to not moralize? To not make the planetary energies or patterning good or bad and instead trust that they are doing exactly what they want to do. Even when life feels like a dizzy mess, can you trust that the dizzy mess has a function? Can you trust that the nuance has a function? And can you allow yourself to be under the influence of that function, of that nuance, of that chaos? For a moment, knowing, as we learn in the gate three, that chaos is merely us perceiving something before we've perceived the pattern in it, before we've ordered it, before we've been able to see it big picture. Can we trust that? So Mercury in retrograde is in the gate 18 a gate ruled by Libra, the gate of correction. And what you can notice here is, are you communicating from a place of power dynamic? Are you communing, communicating, excuse me, from a place of trying to have power over or to give power to someone else? Are you playing the inferior, superior game? 
in your communication or are you able to step into integrity? The gate 18, the gate of correction, is a logical energy and logical energy wants to pattern. It wants to perfect. It's the only energy that can perfect. But the thing about perfection is that it's momentary until we mutate again and then we have to course correct the pattern. We get to course correct the pattern. Now, what's fascinating is that Mercury in Libra is opposing. So if you could imagine in the sky, it's sitting across from Jupiter, head to head, oppositions, two arch enemies who respect each other. Now they're not really arch enemies, but let's just for a moment paint the picture. Two big energies sitting across from each other, head to head, eye contact, gazing each other down, Jupiter expansion, law, protection, mercury, the intellect, the reflection of everything around it through words, through the verbal, through the intellect, which of course we think in words. Now, we'll add another element to this, and that element is that the moon, the ever-changing, oscillating, emotional body sits right there in the lap of Jupiter. And so in the sky, you have Jupiter, the moon on its lap, opposing Mercury, the messenger, the intellect, the communicator. Now, I think it was Terence McKenna that I once heard talk about Mercury as an archetype. And in doing so, he talked about the element Mercury, how it is liquid-like and yet reflects everything around it and its iridescence. And I'd like for you to keep that in your mind as you imagine this face-off, this stare-down, this opposition. So the moon, of course, is moving quickly, so this is quite temporary. But we've got Jupiter in the gate of opinions following. Okay, that's that Ajna gate. It's logical. It wants to share what it knows. It wants to share its opinion. It wants to, you know, be able to have a visual organization of patterns and be able to turn that visual organization into patterns that it can speak, into patterns that it can share. But it is fearful of being challenged. It does fear a challenge. Now, who better than to challenge this gate than Mercury sitting across from Jupiter in the gate 18? Okay, so you have these two, they're, they're, they're logical archetypes, both of them, the gate 18, the gate of correction, and the gate 17, the gate of opinions. And so what we might notice through this opposition is that we may be under the influence of a slightly emotional body response, the moon, that's kind of pushing and pulling our logic and asking us, can we use logic to support our emotions now? Who can we use logic to support our emotions? Not to affirm our emotions or validate our emotions, but to understand them. We always say logic and emotion are opposed, sure. But 
can we use logic to support our emotional responses and to give ourselves the space, the permission to feel those emotional responses deeply because logically we understand that they actually also serve a function even if they aren't logical. For example, here I am sharing the transits and I have a fear that I'm going to be challenged. Gate 17. Now this fear might be illogical because you might say, well, Alyssa, it doesn't really matter if you're challenged. This is just your opinion, your interpretation, your perception of the transits. Why does it matter if someone challenges you? Can I use logic to understand why I would fear being challenged? And in doing so, allow myself to feel that fear deeply. And understand that it is part of the human experience to experience fear because once upon a time it was fear that primarily kept us alive. Can I say, you know, I feel this fear and logically I understand that maybe I want to have a good reputation and I want people to trust me and I don't want to make a mistake because if I make a mistake, oh no, people might not trust me. Can I logically see where the emotional fear is coming from? Now, we could think of a million examples of this, but we won't get stuck here. But ask yourself through this transit as Jupiter and the moon sit together for about a day, what is the frequency of my emotional body and can I allow my logic to support it? We can do this always. We can do this always. Now, we can also, in asking the question, can I allow my logic to support my emotions, we can know that logic is skeptical and likes to ask questions. And so when we have an emotional experience, the moon sitting in the gate 17, about our opinions or a fear of being challenged, gate 17, can we ask questions to improve our understanding? Can we ask questions to arrive at a qualified truth? We can use things that are opposed or different from each other to support each other. And to me, that's what this transit is showing us. Now, we've got Venus in the gate 40, the gate of aloneness or deliverance. This is part of that tribal circuitry. The tribal circuitry that we've touched on the last two weeks. And again, this energy loves to provide. It loves to provide resources so long as everyone is behaving. And this is kind of a similar energy to where Saturn sits. A similar energy to Saturn sitting in the gate 49, another tribal energy that rejects. That rejects if the values are not in alignment. That rejects if it's not obeyed. And the reason I'm kind of harping on this tribal energy, love, obey, honor, reject, accept, resources, is because this energy is vastly different than the energy that we are going to be under the transit of, the, the influence of, by way of Mars and, your, and Neptune. Mars and Neptune are sitting in gates that are 
sensing circuitry collective gates and those that energy especially this emotional energy it has no rules it has no taboos the tribe it has rules it has laws and by following those rules and following those laws we get access to the resources of the tribe but not so much when it comes to the collective not so much when it comes to the shared experience of the human experience and so I really want you to feel the difference, feel the difference between that tribal, community, familial, clan-like energy that Venus is sitting in, in that gate 40, and that Saturn is sitting in, in that gate 49. Feel it request from you, especially, especially when it comes to what you're focusing on. Feel it request from you, respect, honor, obey. And so what's funny here, what's fun here, is that our focus might be on those things. We might be under the conditioned influence of focus, honor, obey, do the thing that you've been conditioned to do by the people around you who are your tribe, who are your family, who are your community. This is tribal circuitry. It's old doesn't mean it's bad again it's not moralized it's just old it's how we've survived and then we've got this contrast as we all every single human alive today now through this week if they don't already have it it's under the influence of the channel of transitoriness this is a channel that connects the gate 35 the gate of progress or change in the throat center to the gate 36, darkening of the light, the gate of crisis in the emotional center. Now, Mars is the planet that is transiting the gate 35, and Mars is the energy dynamic. It is the mutation, and sometimes it can be a little bit immature. Again, don't fear it. See the function here. Sometimes it can be a little bit immature until it builds momentum and gets going and really starts to fire its, excuse me, fire itself up, fire itself up, fire itself up. And it's Neptune. Neptune. The mystic. That subtle condition of interconnectedness, of oneness, with God and mother and nature. It's Neptune that's transiting through the gate 36, a Piscean gate, the driver of human behavior, of human experience, a thirst for life. Interestingly, the gate 35 represents hunger. So collectively, we are going to be under the influence of this channel for over a week now. This is the primary energy for the week. It's the marinade. Especially if you are someone with an open emotional center and or body, uh, excuse me, and or throat center in your body graph. This energy, the channel of transitoriness, feelings being transitory, experiencing experiences being transitory, highs being transitory, lows being transitory, it is ever changing, ever transitioning. This is the energy of the human experience, and it is so different than the energy of the tribal circuitry. 
Now, as I just alluded to, there is a hunger in the gate 35, and that hunger will push you, us, to want to taste something new. Desire lives in this circuitry. Okay, a desire for something different. And as I just alluded to, there are no rules here. There are no taboos. It's just about the human experience. What can we do? What can we feel? What can we taste? Ooh, it's all on the table. Very different than tribal circuitry where there's raw, where there are rules and laws that keep us all in line. Here, though, in the channel of transitoriness and in the sensing circuitry, the collective sensing circuitry at large, if you were, you know, going to really distill it down, it's all about experience. Regardless of that experience is good or bad or happy or sad, it just wants to have the experience. Now, the gate 35 is salivating. And the gate 36 in the emotional center notices this. The, the tummy starts to rumble. The gate 36 feels the hunger. It feels the desire for a taste of something that it's not yet experienced tasting. And in that moment, that gate 36 feels inadequate. And it's that inadequacy, that little revelation of, oh, there's something in this human experience that I've not yet consumed, I've not yet tasted. It's that inadequacy that pushes the 36 forward, that inspires the 36 to get out and try the flavor just to see what it's like. Now, let's pause for a second here. Think of moments when this has happened to you. Think of moments where a friend has shared an experience that you've not yet had. And all of a sudden you can feel yourself metaphorically salivating. For the experience. Not because you know you're going to like it or, you know, because your friend highly recommends it, but because you are curious. You want to add a depth to your human experience. Can you imagine a moment like this? And is there not almost this throwing oneself to the wind because you become transfixed you become transfixed by the awareness that there is some ingredient of the human experience you've not yet sampled and as you realize this you strap up your boots you slide on your spectacles you button your cloak and you set out with high expectations to find the goddamn treasure well so and so told me about this thing and I have to go find it you're transfixed, you're focused. There's an expectation that in that moment, maybe you subtly adhere to, attach to. Except the thing that you're missing, potentially, that we're all missing under this transit, is that no one said the experience was going to be marvelous, delicious, spectacular, even good. You just realized that you hadn't had the experience yet. And so after it, you go because you have a hope. You have a hope that it might be good and you want to share the experience. And maybe what you're after is the experience 
But maybe what you're after is the adventure, the sensation, the rush of emotional excitement. The addition of a bit of color to your here and now. Maybe that's what you're after, and it's not so much about the outcome of the experience, but the adventure that you get to marinate in when you go after said experience. Now, as we are under the influence of the energy of transitoriness, the channel of transitoriness, the gate 35 and the gate 36, as we are under this, the key to making it out alive, no, I just, I just, you'll make it out alive. The key to enjoying this energy is to not attach to or identify with the expectation of the outcome of said experience that you are adventuring for, that you are hungering for, that you are throwing yourself into. If you begin to identify with a specific outcome regarding the energy of the experience, the details of the experience, how the experience that you are longing for will, will go, if you begin to really fix yourself on that, you probably will be sorely disappointed. The human experience is not bad or good. It's not moral. It's just experience. And with experience comes experiential wisdom. So long as we can keep ourselves out of the murky trenches of attaching to an expected outcome. If I was going to give sensing circuitry, this collective human experience energy, a mantra, I'd say it is what you make it. It is what you fucking make it. And that's a hard thing for us to remember when we're rolling down a hill covered in muck and dirt. A little pain and we're cold because our cloak got torn off our shoulders by the whipping wind and our boots got stuck in the mud and our spectacles broke and there's no treasure to be seen. And we're standing there watching the brilliant colors of a wild sunset on the top of a mountain, freezing, shivering. And then it hits us. It is what you make it. And there we are, reminded of the experiential wisdom and the richness, the enrichment of the experiential wisdom there on the top of the mountain as the last rays of the sun's heat kiss our skin. And we say, well, I didn't find the treasure, but I found plenty of treasure. This is sensing circuitry. And the best part is that if you can stay present, if we can stay present, if I can stay present through the experience, there will be bountiful treasure. And this energy is an energy that wants to share It wants to share stories of the treasure. It wants to share experiences. So as we are under the influence of the channel of transitoriness, Mars pushing us to hunger for new experiences, for change, for progress, and Neptune casting veils of illusion around decline and crisis that ultimately can always move us toward emotional maturity. As that's happening, ask yourself, what am I making it? It is what I make it. As my dad always used to tell me, that his mom, Nana, used to tell him, if someone puts you in a room full of shit, locks the door, make shit castles. 
So, the channel of transitoriness. In we go, folks. In we go. Now, the last thing I want to touch on here is Pluto, the planet of death, truth, life, decay, repeat, aka truth and transformation. This planet is moving through the gate 61, a Capricorn ruled gate. It is also in retrograde and it is bringing our awareness to the mystery. Specifically, the mystery regarding how our inner truth, which is the name of the gate 61, colors what we know. How the inner truth of our subconscious colors what we know to be true of the outer world. So, you can add that to the cauldron of energies we'll be bubbling in this week. And as you do, you can even add the layer of how does my subconscious, how does my inner truth color what I make it? How does it dictate what I make it? How does it influence what I make of any given situation? So there you have it. Those are the transits for the week. And we'll be back next week for more. Cheers. Enjoy. Enjoy.